listeners, this is pop culture critic John Tatey, and it's time again for Pop Mom, the all-new podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, speaks her mind about pop culture, modern life, and the United States Postal Service. On this episode, Mom reviews the Japanese reality show Terrace House. Let's bring her in. Mom, are you there? I am. Hey, didn't we get a nice response to our return episode last week? From what I saw, I did, but you have a better idea because you know... You have different numbers than I look at. Well, I don't worry about the numbers so much. I just worry about the community. And I don't have to worry about it because they're there and they're happy to have us back. And, you know, every time we've had a comeback, which, you know, we've had a few hiatuses along the way, uh, people are right there for us. It's so wonderful. Well, they are wonderful people. They really are. Uh, I am recording uh, this week from on vacation. We're up in... uh, Lake Geneva. Well, on vacation is not a place. That's 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 true, although it's a mode of being. All right, I'll give that to you because you know you went to college and I didn't. <laughs> um, we are in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, uh, which is uh, sits directly on Geneva Lake. That's confusing, huh? Well, it certainly covers all bases. I guess so. Yeah, I, the, the area or the town is named Lake Geneva, but I gather that the lake itself is called Geneva Lake. Yeah, very helpful. So we're staying in this Airbnb, and uh, they've gone out and uh, bought a few like pithy sayings to put on the wall. You know, and this is the stuff you kind of like a, a, a square filled with words that you'd get at a silly gift shop or some such. And I'm always kind of right. mystified by these. Um, and I was wondering if I could share a few with you and if we could discuss the wisdom or lack thereof uh, contained <laughs> within. Would you like to hear these? Yeah. Okay. So Especially if they're pithy. Oh, they, they're full of pith. You couldn't cram more pith into these little <laughs> wood squares hanging on the wall if you wanted to. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, so here's the first one. It says, I drink wine because my doctor said I shouldn't keep things bottled up. I hope the rest are better than that. Oh, they're not. I started with the best one, honestly. Oh, my God. Don't tell me that. <laughs> this one at least Don't makes... Don't tell me that. <laughs> it, 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 this one at least makes sense, and there's a joke to it, uh, such as it is. Really? Um, that, that's an insult to jokes everywhere. And what grade do you give that one? F. Well, you got to leave some room. Uh, all right. Are you ready for the next one? Oh, that's right. That was the best one. All right. Wait, let me. I'll, I'll change it to a, a D plus. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. Um, and this is the one that really inspired this little exercise because I just stared at it in the bathroom for a while. It uh, There's a picture of a guy on like a sailboat or a catamaran. Remember when they used to give those away on the prices right all the time? Yeah. There's a guaranteed pass to the second player in the showcase. Oh, can't get rid of that. <laughs> Nobody wants a catamaran. Okay, so it's a picture of a guy on, a, on some sort of uh, small boat with a sail. And it says, we travel not to escape life, but for life not to escape us. Well, that one just hurts my head. <laughs> Me too. I admire their commitment to not splitting an infinitive, but uh, yeah, do you find that at all inspiring? No, because because it takes me down a path where I have to think about it too much. And honestly, you know, 
I'm thinking about is there enough toilet paper in here? I'm not I'm not in there to <laughs> philosophize. That's right. Now maybe many men are. You know, dad spends much more time in the bathroom than I do. Mm-hmm. I just want to get in and get out. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to figure out the meaning of life while I'm indisposed. Well, the meaning of life takes a couple twists and turns in this little saying. Oh, it's just, it's too much. Okay, so so what's your grade on that one? Uh, let's see, what did I do? D plus? D plus I'll yeah. do D minus. Okay. All right, here's the last one. It's a long one. You ready? Yes. Being wealthy is when there's time to watch the sun set, when there's a glimpse of the wind moving across the field, when all that matters is hearing waves and seeing stars, and most of all, when there's one very good friend. This is, again, like a giant square of wood just packed with these words um, that someone, the proprietor of this Airbnb, I suppose, saw in a store and said, I want to display that in my vacation home. Wow, I'm glad I saved the F. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, that's that's just that's just, wow, that's just too much. It's that's overwhelming, much. isn't it? It's it's really too much. Yeah, this is what I thought you were going to say. This is what I thought you yeah. were going to talk about. One time, Dad and I went to a photography workshop at the Putney School in Vermont, mm-hmm. and we stayed in a dorm. And one night. When we were in bed, well, we were not together in bed because, you know, it was a dorm. Mm -hmm. And I looked up, and on the ceiling, it said, chooch my wang. Somebody had written up there. (laughs) And I thought that's what you were going to say, although I didn't understand at the time. Uh, Yeah, chooch my wang. uh, I don't know if I've heard this story before. I still don't know what it means really, but it does make us laugh if one of us says that. Good God, I'm so glad I brought this up. Chooch my wang. I would love it if the square of wood in my room said chooch my wang instead of this long essay about what being wealthy is and isn't. Agreed. Being wealthy is having someone to chooch your wang. Yeah. I don't know what that really means because, you know, I think we were in the girls' dorm and, you know, I just, so I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Oh, you were in the girls' dorm. That's an interesting twist. Yeah. Is the Putney School the one that had that uh, sexual harassment? No, that was St. Paul. St. Paul, right. Although Putney was always the weirdest. You know, when we'd travel around to these different schools for the uh, sports, the Putney kids were always the, the most peculiar well, they're very um, down to earth. That's that's a nice way to say it. They're mm. kind of I don't know how to say it right. You know, they're like uh, vegan. Uh, oh, I see. Whatever. Hippy dippy you know. is what you're trying to say. Hippy dippy, yeah, hippy dippy. There, that's a nice way to say it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very sweet, I'm sure. I mean, I went to a well. I went to a pretty hippy dippy school, and I loved it. So I'm not judging. True. Um, Earthy, maybe. Earthy, very good. Earthy, yeah. yeah. Maybe all these little private schools like that are like that. I don't know. Uh, Okay, chooch my wang. So, what do you give uh, as a grade to the being wealthy essay? I don't even think it deserves a a grade. What about for chooch my wang? Given that an A, 
on my end. Yeah, oh, it definitely needs an A. I agree. I agree. And if anybody has ever used that phrase, you know, I'd kind of be interested because I never heard it since or before. Oh, that's good. Yeah, if any of the listeners have ever heard anyone say, chooch my wang, uh, we'd love your insight on the particular meaning. Again, I'm pretty sure I can imagine what it means, but I have never heard it. And I love it. Neither. Yeah. Okay. Can you chooch other things? Is one question that comes to mind, or is chooching that was, that's a good question. Right, solely for wangs? Yeah. Uh, I haven't the foggiest. You know, Mom, we had a cliffhanger on last week's podcast uh, where you gave us the scoop on the newest postmaster at the Wilmot, New Hampshire post office, <laughs> uh, but you didn't know his name. So, did you go back and find out his name? Well, I don't know his name still. Still, I'm sorry, I don't. But I have his story. I know his story now. Oh, but we don't have a protagonist for this story because we don't know his name. Well, I'll find out this week. Oh, but he had, um, this was the guy with the license plate that said, I'm too funny, right? right? So the comedian, this is the story of the comedian. Uh, Tell us how we ended up at uh, this rural post office in New Hampshire. Well, I said to him, is that your car out there? Well, it is. And I said, well, can you tell me about your license plate? It says I'm too funny. He said. Oh, good. You cut right to the quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's busy. I'm busy. You know, he's got a words with friends and uh, he's got a lot of stuff to do back there. So I said, what, what about your license plate? You know, are you a comedian? And he said, well, that license plate was on my girlfriend's car when I met her. And then I crashed my car, and I ended up with her car. And so that license plate is really his girlfriend's car. But on her car, she t- he took her car, so he has, I'm right. too funny. Right. And now her car says, I'm funny too. And mm. I said, well, are you funny? And he said, well, well, and I said, well, I'll be back tomorrow. You better have some jokes ready for me because, you know, otherwise. And he said, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then he has never said anything funny to me. (laughs) It's so stupid. Did you ask her why if she's funny? Is she a comedian? No. I'm still trying to get to the origin story of this license plate. Well, I'll get more this week. I don't, I, you know, I think it's a, I think it's two people that think they're funny and they're probably not because he's, he's, you know, people that are, oh God, people that are funny sometimes usually have a little sharpness or a little edge mm. or a little something something going on and you know he's very nice uh, you know yeah yeah but not funny but not funny and certainly not too funny where you're just saying "Ugh, please stop i'm not ready for this much comedy in my life my sides are killing me yeah (laughs) he's just a regular nice guy well, you have gained more information, but I'm just more frustrated than ever, Mom. The mystery has only deepened. You've answered. Well, you've raised more questions than you've answered here. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm new to the investigative world. Um, but I don't know how you have another conversation about it now. It's awkward. No, I wouldn't mind. I'd go right back in and say, you know, you know I'll, I'll get to the bottom of it. Okay, okay. So <laughs> this week you're going to find out, A, what his name is, which was your assignment right. for this past week. Uh, I know, I know. So, I really, I really biffed that. give you a failing grade on that front. And you're going to find out where, why this license plate. And she's so committed to the funniness that she got. Exactly. I know. I know. Wow. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, but uh, I'll try to get some more information because I know people want to know. Well, probably nobody why. but me wants to know, but I am acting <laughs> as the proxy for the audience, whether they like it or not. So, yes, I want to know. Okay. All right. I'm going to find out for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, now, I hear there's some trouble in the backyard, too. Oh, my God. There's crazy trouble back there. There was a there was like a mound of dirt dug mm -hmm. up a mound. And I'm going to say, well, let me just say the next part and then you'll know. OK. And then the next day I looked out and it looked like there was a dead cat out there. Oh, jeez. So a mound like that. And I looked at it for most of the day. And finally, at around three, I said, all right, well, look, if it's somebody's cat, I have to go out and find it, go out and look at it so I could let somebody know. No. You know, something has happened to your cat. And anyway, I went out. And it was just a mound of dirt. But well, and I like would just like to note that you in the preview in the post office portion of the proceedings here, you mentioned how busy you are. And now you're talking about how you spent most of your day <laughs> observing a mound of dirt. Yeah, so you well, went out and... it's pretty alarming when you... If you had seen this mound of dirt, you would know that you would wonder what in the hell was going on in your backyard. Okay, so it was an intriguing mound of dirt, forgive me. That's right. And so, eventually, we got out... Merrick got out... Merrick, your brother, got out the have-a-heart trap and mm -hmm. fed it. Mm -hmm. Did I say this part last no. week? No, no. So we fed it. Nothing happened that night. Nothing happened the next night. Oh, oh, oh. But as I kept watching the mound, I finally saw a chipmunk. I got the binoculars out so I could see it right up close. Oh. And there was a chipmunk standing on top of the mound looking around like, hey, look at my backyard. Oh, it's like Kojak nice. here with the binoculars. Yes. Binoculars. So Merrick said to have a heart trap. Nothing happened. Nothing happened the next night. And explain and the what the morning, have a heart trap is for people who might not um, live out in the boonies. Well, like, I hear they're really they're really not that good. But it's a it's a it's a little trap that actually traps the animal and does not harm them. And then you put them in the car and drive them at least five miles away from your house and let them out. But now I've heard that that's very stressful to the animal and they really can't acclimate and it isn't very kind. So, <sighs> yeah. However, in the meantime, the backyard really looks bad because we set to have a heart trap and then the next morning, Two days later, you know, I was in the bathroom and dad came in and said, what is that slapping noise? And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. And we went out and the trap was completely gone. Oh. And what we, we think happened is that we caught either one of the groundhogs that I, that I have in the back 
yard or Mm -hmm. a beaver or something got in there halfway and just wandered off with the whole damn trap. And Kathy found it way in the backyard. And so the trap is back, but we haven't set it again. In the meantime... So you found the trap, but there was no trace of an animal in it. And it had eaten all the peanut butter. Oh, well, that's the biggest shame, isn't it? Well, I guess, you know. (laughs) All that peanut butter going to waste. (laughs) Well, somebody ate it. Sunday, I look out, and there's a hawk standing on (gasps) top of the mound of dirt. A hawk! Yeah. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and I, I couldn't wait all that time with him. So I left. But the next morning, the ground was all scratched up for about eight or nine feet in one direction and three or four feet in the other direction. Just all the grass just scratched away. So I don't know what's out there now. Good God. So, uh, like there was some scuffle, is that what you're saying? Or or what? Or something you... trying trying to dig through to get the chipmunk or squirrel, whatever has, yeah. Uh, wow. This, I didn't intend for the first segment of the podcast to be so filled with mysteries, but this is a baffler. <laughs> well, maybe somebody knows what it could be. I mean, it didn't dig a hole. It didn't dig through. I I just don't know. I don't know what's going on in the backyard. I don't know what's going back on. It was very interesting, though, because when the hawk was there, the crows all gathered on the roof of the shed and watched. Watched the hawk? Yeah. They wanted a little entertainment. I guess they thought he might share, but it, it was just odd. It was just weird. So there's a mound, but no hole, you're saying? There is a hole again now, so whatever dug that is still back there. It's quite a uh, a nature drama that's playing out in the backyard here. It is, and at any moment I expect the whole backyard to just sink into the earth. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe it's just one of the neighbors. (laughs) God, I hope not. Things are weird enough here as it is. (laughs) Okay. So mysteries for the uh, listeners to answer are, um, have you ever heard the phrase, uh, chooch my wang before, (laughs) right? These are the follow-ups here. And uh, what would scratch, uh, you said it was about 10 feet all told of grass that was scratched up around this mound. Yeah, all around this mound of dirt, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Boy, this is a weird podcast already and we haven't even gotten we haven't even gone over to Japan yet. <laughs> Shall we uh, uh move along with our review, mom? We should. Okay. This week we are talking about Terrace House. Terrace House is a reality series where three men and three women are invited to live in a spacious Tokyo home together and a panel of Japanese celebrities observes and judges their attempts to live their lives. It's like a demure version of the real world with goofy running commentary. And now I'll play a clip, but because we can't do subtitles on a podcast, you won't have any idea what's going on unless you speak Japanese. Nonetheless, here's a clip. 
Uh, today, Mom and I are discussing Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City, which originally debuted in 2015, the full run of Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City, as well as all subsequent seasons, are all available on Netflix, with new episodes appearing weekly. Mom, will you be saying konbanwa to more of Terrace House? If that's goodbye, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it isn't. I know it isn't. Konnichiwa. So. Well, konbanwa is good evening, which they say at the beginning of every episode. But uh, I take it you're done. Well, I might not be done. I might have to see a little bit. But I have to. This show to me is like uh, when we watched the first episode. Um, Dad described it perfectly. He said. It's charming. It is charming. And I said, it is charming. But the more I watched it, the more I felt like I was watching 12-year-olds playing at being adults. Mm -hmm. it, they, it's very naive and innocent. And, you know, if this was filmed in America, everybody would have already hooked up with everybody else at least once. Right. But this is like he said that and hoo, 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 Twitter, Twitter, not Twitter, our Twitter, but like yeah. They're all, yeah, as in they are all a Twitter. Yeah. Right. And even the boys are very um, I don't I don't think docile is quite the right word, mm -hmm. but they're very um, what's what's a good word like non-aggressive or mm -hmm. tame. Tame, very tame. And the girls are just plain silly. Um, th that it moves along ahead at all is amazing to me. And then they cut to these people who, who you say are celebrities who I don't know. And they act like I, you've just missed Gone with the Wind. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what the hell did I miss? What? What? Oh, the drama, the this, the that. And I think... God, are we watching the same show? And that's what keeps me going back because I'm thinking, what are they watching? And I'm just not, I don't understand this culture at all. And I always think of Japan as very progressive and very forward and very mm. whatever. And this just seems very backwards. And stop covering your mouth when you talk or it just drives me nuts what is, what is wrong with it you all beautiful teeth what are you covering your mouth for it's just that's a, my yeah uh, well I, boy you've really covered a lot of it mom um you know i think it's i think japan is here's what's fascinating about this show i mean i i Having lived in Japan, and I'll, I guess I'll yeah. establish that for the listeners if they don't know, um, my now wife and I lived in Japan for uh, a year. Uh, what was it? 2000, 2004 to 2005. Uh, she was there a little longer than I was, but it was about a year. Studied the language. Uh, so this is kind of nostalgic for us, and we can understand what they're saying. The subtitles are excellent; they really capture they capture the nuance of what be, what is being said. Uh, but there is no nuance, people. It's all very innocent. It's like reading Dick and Jane. Well, but there is nuance because it 
<clears throat> this show really shows it shows why a Japanese culture can be impenetrable to a foreigner because so much is in intonation and context and implication. Mm. I mean, the language, I'm shocked how much of the language I understand, and I realize that they're not using a really broad vocabulary in terms of the words being spoken, but all the other stuff I talked about, the context, the tone, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. are you holding your hand in front of your mouth to indicate you're nervous or embarrassed, um, all that is part of the fabric of it and you get some of that in the panel and what they react to Um, see that's lost on me well but they they give you a window into that because you can judge by their reactions like what is important that just happened which you can't always by watching i mean the drama over Mm. hand holding hand holding is a huge Uh, commitment apparently wow and they do say this a lot Mm, mm, yeah Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of, but with a lot of different, like you say, intonations and and sounds and such that that's right. You know, indicate you're upset or you're. It's not like here where it's just uh huh, uh huh. It's more right. Um, there's mm, there's mm, there's mm, like all the all those are all different meanings, and it's yeah. a it's a language where or it's a culture I'll I'll say where yeah. um, people are you're expected to maintain your presence in the conversation. I'll put it that way. So if you, I mean, you see this a lot um, when there's one-on-one conversations. It's just natural to it would be like us saying yeah yeah. Yeah, and that would be kind of rude, I think, in English, right? But it's that's like yeah. what you do in in Japan. Um, you yeah. you maintain your attention audibly. And they're also I'm gonna I'm gonna also interject here that they also a, 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 the women I'm gonna say mm-hmm. really are looking at who they're talking to. Oh, interesting observation. Yeah. Well, that's what I've I've noticed anyway. Um, the men will look look down at their hands or whatever, but they do maintain a lot of eye contact while they're talking. Hmm. Great point. So, on you, how many episodes did you get to? I think I'm on the eighth one. Okay, so you're still nobody has left the house yet. Oh uh, no! Where you oh are. no! Okay, and that's it. so people decide to leave at whenever they want, really, and then someone new comes oh. in. So if you continue to watch, you will see the cast uh, turn over. Um, so the hey. people in the episodes you watched and that listeners can view on Netflix, if they start at the beginning of the Boys and Girls in the City season, uh, we've got uh, Mako Chan, who's a baseball player and college student, Minori, who's also a college student and a model, uh, Yuki a tap dancer who they refer to as tap on the panel, which I find adorable uh, and and hilarious because tap is kind of a loser. Uh, Mizuki, who's a barista and uh, like works in an office. They always designate her as an office worker. Uchi, who's a hairstylist and um, Yuriko, who's uh, a med student, I think. Right. I don't remember Yuriko that, that well. Well, isn't the barista also a model? I th- I think so. I mean, like half, and as if you keep watching, like at a certain point, like four or five of the six people will be models. Um, and Anna, oh. who um, lived there, Anna was there as an exchange student in high school, too. Um, 
this is my wife I'm talking about for the listener's benefit. Um, she said that it's much weirder to be on a reality show in Japan than it than it is here. Like that's a really I mean, I think it's a strange and exciting thing to do here. But like, that's really weird to do in Japan. So oh. they tend to attract people who are looking for the exposure. Not always. And some of them are just sort of regular folks, but yeah. uh, a lot of them are not. And they really don't make any effort to hide that. You know, I think on, you know, God, on American reality shows, like if you're not in it for the competition or for the experience and you're just there for the exposure, like that is that is reprehensible. You know, that's always right. disgusting, unacceptable. But yeah. it's just it's part of the deal on Terrace House and on Japanese reality in general, I think. But and see, these are the little things that you do not really know. Yeah. Um, so, do you have a favorite among the cast, or an or a not favorite? Well, I like I like the little girl that's going to be a doctor. Yuriko. Yeah, I don't know their names, but their personalities are not really very distinctive from each other at this point to me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I of the women, the boys are a little different. I still don't understand them, but the women seem very interchangeable to me. I don't know how you would pick one that you liked over the other because they're very formal and they're very polite and they're very cautious in their in what they put out there. Hmm. You know, I felt... I think they're cautious. I'm Go with ahead. you. I felt the same way and they do uh bring some more interesting women in. But yeah, I'm with you. Early on in this season, I just felt like they were all pretty uh, interchangeable. Yeah. You know, I'd like to talk about the, you talked about how naive they are. And I think, I think it's maybe not, it does feel naive, doesn't it? Because there's, the, there seems to be so little understanding, especially, I must say, on the part of Tap, who's the oldest of them and seems to be the yeah. most clueless about, about women. But I think it's just a more conservative culture. I think it's not necessarily naivete, yeah. but I just think that certain social mores and social understanding develop at a different pace. What strikes yeah. me though, mom, is they're really able to talk to each other. Like when there's a conflict or a misunderstanding, they're they able just... to talk it out in a very calm yeah. and to me very sophisticated manner more than I would expect for their age. The romance, I'm with you, it seems very high school, doesn't it? But the very. the sort of interpersonal understanding and sophistication strikes me as very advanced. Well, again, I think that's the nature of their culture, yeah. though. Yeah. Which takes a, a little bit of adjusting to, because as I say, it's it's quite different. Um, you know, the the it seems like the motive is say a little something, don't hurt anyone's feelings. Um, but say, you know, like somebody comes down and confronts one of the boys, one of the girls comes down and says, you know, sh you said something and, you know, you have to think about how she heard it and that that might have been upsetting to her. There's a vagueness in their in their uh, yes. speaking that leads me to believe I could never even fake being Japanese. Um <laughs> If I wanted to, there's a softness to it. I, 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 it's just so different. Softness. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. I mean, there's so, 
the kind of the cliche way to put it is uh, is saving face. And people talk about, at least when I was in college, people talked about how important it was to save face. Generally in Asian cultures, and especially in Japan, mm-hmm. I'd say, um, maybe not especially, but that's a, that's a Southeast Asian concept that's very prominent in their societies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the way I would put it is that you... They do anything to avoid open conflict, right? Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. is shaded, and as you say, it's it's, it's maybe yeah. or probably or nothing is is absolute. And you would think that. See, this is one of the reasons we really enjoy watching this show, and we've been watching it every night, Ma. We put the kids to bed, um, <laughs> and we watch a, a couple episodes of Terrace House um, because there is drama and there is conflict, but it's all kind of contained right 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 yes yes it's very it it really is i mean almost frustratingly so well i'll also say keep watching because they bring in some pot stirrers uh as the season progresses so there there's a little more action and uh you know who gets excited about it is um uh ryota yamasoto he's the uh comedian who wears the glasses yeah. I mean, there's two comedians, uh, male comedians on there, and um, he's the one who wears the glasses. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> what do you make of the panel? I find them very annoying. Oh, really? Yeah, but I didn't realize that they were celebrities. I just thought they were people. No, they're, all, they're celebrities to varying degrees, but yeah, they're all, this isn't their main gig for any of them, or their only gig, perhaps. I'll put right, it that way. Right, right. I, I didn't understand that. Uh, so why did you find them annoying? I don't know. I just think what they their their insights are not that interesting to me. I mean, I realize that sometimes they do point out some drama that I thought was just like, eh, so what? But I just don't. Maybe if I knew them better, you know, I I would be more interested. But to me, it's just like an interruption. Just show me the people. I'll figure it out for myself. I don't need you to. <laughs> To, to, you know, chew it up and, and spit it in my mouth for me. I'll, I'll figure it out myself. Just give me more people, less you. <laughs> Have you gotten to the episode yet where Uchi um, takes a date to the aquarium and the aquarium is closed? Yes. Sometimes Anna and I are bewildered by the stuff that the panel doesn't talk about. And so we see this whole... T- clumsy disastrous date play out date, uh, yeah uh, uh, yeah it would be a stretch to really call it that uh, but and i just think like oh boy they're gonna make hay of this like he didn't even get to the aquarium in time to have the date at the aquarium and oh my god all right. of the hullabaloo around the aquarium good lord um, two dates to the aquarium and oh, oh, oh you go first and, i will oh, never yeah. forget the japanese word for aquarium now because um, <laughs> uh, I'll fill the, the listeners in. It, um, tap, I believe, was the first one. Am I right about this? Was Tap the first one to propose a, a, an aquarium date? And then Uchi I sort believe, of... Yes. With the same girl, and then Uchi slid in and decides he's going to take her to the aquarium, but his date is coming earlier. Uh, it was just a, everybody was going to the aquarium, it felt like. But... Anyway, this disastrous date happens, and then we come back to the panel, and they don't talk about the fact that he screwed it up at all. 
why and why? You know, does that happen from time to time and everybody's just kind of used to it? <laughs> it's fun to explore a culture that resembles ours because Japan is so heavily yeah. westernized, right? It looks like yeah. it are there's Tokyo looks like it's recognizable as a city and the fashions are recognizable, even though the sayings on the T-shirts are weird and, and kooky. The mores are, are so different. I just find it fascinating to step into like a different version of how life could work in such a charming context as this. Charming right. is the word yeah. for it. Charming is the word for it. Yes. And I'm also fascinated by the production of it. I love to... Look at the panel and sort of tinker with it in my mind and see how it works. I've realized that there's six of them, right? Um, and most of the shots are two shots. You're shooting either the pair on the left, the pair in the middle on the couch, or the pair on the right. Uh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. each one really has a main commentator and a sort of sidekick, right? Like the the young actor who sits next to um, Yota Yamasato in the glasses never talks unless spoken to, right? And there oh. are some episodes where the young actor doesn't talk at all. Uh, and it's, right, it's, yes. The other uh, male comic also, he has, um, her name is Azusa Babazono. She doesn't talk a great deal. She pipes up occasionally. So in each shot, you have you have someone who does a lot of talking and someone who really doesn't speak quite as much. And to me, that's about how Japanese TV is really driven by the reaction shot. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people maybe have seen clips of Japanese um, panel shows or reality shows or stunt shows where there's the picture in picture. And you have a little box in the corner with someone watching and reacting to the action. And this, the way they frame the panel to me accomplishes that same end. There's someone who's doing a lot of talking, and you can also always see someone reacting uh, to that on screen. Yeah, yeah. Now It's the, like our laugh track, kind of. Yes, exactly. And there is a studio audience for the panel, but yes, I think that's just it, Mom. It's, it's the equivalent of a laugh track. But they uh -huh. integrate it very elegantly and and uh, tacitly into the way that the panel is shot and arranged on the stage. I also find it so cute how the men sit on the floor and the women sit up on the couch. Uh, it has a they it has a very living room feel to it. It makes it feel yeah. like even though these are all celebrities, they set them up as a family. So it feels like you know you're. Your bunch of people, your friends, your family gathered around the TV uh, watching the show, although I do find it very weird. And this is another sort of convention of Japanese TV that they put in those wired earpieces to watch. Yeah. Well, now you said you were going to say goodbye to Terrace House, but I think we've had a pretty fruitful conversation about it. Yes, I, I do think, you know, one, I'm having a very aggressive day for any number of reasons. <laughs> that we're not going to go into here. Um, and so, you know, I'm running around with my sword right now mm -hmm. and uh, probably doesn't need to be applied to this show. Well, I, I, you know, I, my perspective on this is obviously shaped by my personal experience of the culture, right. which I, of any foreign culture, it's the one that I understand the best, having lived it for some time and right. having really loved right. it as well. Uh, I really have a lot of affection. It makes us nostalgic also to watch this 
show yeah. for obvious reasons. Uh, that was a very special uh, time in our lives. But Definitely. I was I was wondering if it could still have any appeal to someone who doesn't know the language and doesn't um, hasn't experienced the culture. It sounds like maybe not as much, but it sounds like there's some appeal. I mean, I love that. I love that you started off by calling it charming because that's the number one word I would apply to it myself. Um, and uh, I do have to take a break from it because it's all subtitled. Um, mm-hmm. People should know that. But it's very, I don't know. I guess some people will like it and some people won't. And wow, wasn't that a profound wrap-up statement? <laughs> well, it's- I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I even said that, but it's true. Well, it's the truth. And I, I'll also add that if you happen to be studying Japanese, uh, this is not a bad show to watch for that. Because, like I said, the subtitles are, and we've watched a bunch of other Japanese shows on Netflix, and the subtitles are are good. Like, they're they're uh-huh. correct and uh-huh. they're acceptable. But the subtitles on Terrace House seem to be done by someone different who really catches nuance and is more creative with how they translate. Um, I f- sometimes you can get too literal. It's such a different yeah. language. You really can't, yeah. you know, it's not always apples to apples if you try to translate it anything close to literally, which I imagine is true for a right. lot of languages, uh, you know, non-romance, non, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to, where I'm going with that. <laughs> Anyway, it's time for a nap for you, Johnny. Well, you know, the funny thing is, Ma, I said that uh, I told you that I would uh, get on the phone with you after I put Leo down for his nap. And, you know, sometimes what happens is that I fall asleep, too. And sometimes I fall asleep and I wake up and Leo's, you know, pulling books out of his bookshelf and reading or playing with something in his room. And he's perfectly happy to have me fall asleep. But yeah. uh, we both fell asleep on his bed here in the in the cottage earlier, so that's why I was a little oh. late getting back to you. Well, I'm glad you're well rested. Yeah, <laughs> already had my nap. Uh, so what's your right. so what's your grade for Terrace House, Mom? Uh, I would give it a good solid B minus. That's okay. that's what I would say. That's not. There's room for growth. I'm going to give it a couple more episodes and see if if something happens i've had enough innocence you know okay well there there is more drama but i don't think it's ever going to ascend to the level of the uh drama you may be accustomed to from american reality okay we'll see all right we'll see uh so a b i don't know if a b minus can be solid mom i feel like a b minus is a b like sort of sliding down a slope there's nothing yeah. solid about it. That minus really takes the well, solidity out of it. Well, somebody who probably received more than her fair share of B minuses in school, uh, you know, I'll take it over a C plus. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So it's a solid B minus from mom. And again, you can see uh, Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City on Netflix and subsequent seasons are entitled Aloha State. And Opening New Doors, which is uh, the Opening New Doors season, is currently in progress. So if you want to just cut straight to the current relationships, fire up your Netflix search for Opening New Doors. Mom, you always end the podcast. I say always. We started this tradition last week. But let's say always end the podcast with a recommendation. And what do you have for us this week? 
All right. Well, this this week I still have another one from the Food Channel. This will be the last one. I oh, promise. Are you? But, is your role on this show sponsored by the Food Network? Do you have some sort of side deal going here? Well, it could be. It could be. It's not, but it could be. <laughs> Uh, call me. Um, I would recommend people catch an episode or two, and really just an episode or two, of Kids Baking Championship. It's um, hosted by Duff Goldman, I think is his name, and Valerie Bertinelli, who couldn't oh, be wow. more charming and adorable, really, herself. She's she's just adorable. And they have a bunch of kids come on, and they they have amazing baking skills. But they're children, so they sometimes cry, and they sometimes, you know, just are in such despair. Oh, God. Like, how old are they, Ma? Like 12, 10, 12. Okay. And they cry, which I find just, it's heartbreaking and funny at the same time, because if you interpose an adult in there who, who would really feel like doing that, they never would, but the children do. And to see how Valerie and and Duff handle them, it's just kind of charming and sweet. It's just fun. It's just something to watch for fun. I I, I wouldn't recommend a a whole bunch of it, but an episode or two is certainly fun. Do they use the word fun enough? Uh, Yeah, and charming. Everything's. This is a very charming episode of Pop Mom. Well, we always want to do that. I'm just glad to hear that Valerie Bertinelli is still working hard. And boy, what a what a career she's built for herself, huh? Really? And she has her own cooking show, you know. She has her own cooking show. Oh, does she? What's that called? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something like Valerie's Kitchen or something like that. Let me like look it up here. Valerie's Home Cooking. Also on go. the Food Network. Is there any show in the Food Network lineup that you haven't plugged at this point, Mom? <laughs> There's no- there's many, and I hope people watched Worst Cooks, and I hope that you watched at least an episode with Maria, which I know you didn't, but I hope you do. I will, I will. Uh, with Maria Bamford, you're talking about on with uh, Maria Bamford, Worst yes. Cooks She's in America was Mom's recommendation yeah. last week. Thank okay, you. Mom. Old news. All right, enjoy the rest of your vacation. I will. Do you have any parting shots for the listeners, or is that all? Uh, no, just that make sure we get to see your Better Call Saul. Oh, that's right. Let's pluck the other O-logical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, could you? If you're watching Better Call Saul, uh, which we discussed last week on the podcast, uh, remember you can view my Basement Breakdowns on YouTube. Just search for Basement Breakdown. I think that'll do it. But if you need more, search for Basement Breakdown, Better Call Saul, and it'll come up. And please subscribe to the young, fledgling O-logical channel, because I'm going to be doing a lot more there, God willing, in the coming months and years. Uh, so uh, let's uh, be part of other pop culture conversations. But you know what, Mom? This one has a special place in my heart. This is a great project Aww. we've done together, isn't it? It's been a lot of fun, and I think it's really brought us very close. And I, I enjoy that. I oh. enjoy, you know, I, I love all the things we talk about, but this is fun because it kind of stretches my mind, and I'm sure it lets your mind relax. <laughs> No, not at all. Uh, Well, I didn't mean to get so mushy there, but uh, yeah, I love doing this. And Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? Again, something interesting. Something interesting. So tune in for that. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you enjoy the show, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tweet it out or whatever. Just send some uh, good vibes our way. That's good enough, too. And if you don't enjoy the show, how on earth did you make it this far? 
Why are you punishing yourself? <laughs> uh, we love you, and we will see you next week. All right. So long for now, Bob. Bye.